Thank you, Patty, for sharing that with us. I know God is a, is a great and mighty God. You also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. For a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, God uses everything to achieve his purpose for good for his children. You know, I was thinking the other day about um, when I was about 13 years old, I worked in a drugstore up in Forest Grove, Oregon. And the, the fellow there, the pharmacist behind the counter, he would, he would take uh, different um, liquids and mix them together and make, make a, a chemical that he would give somebody to, to help in their healing. And, and it, it reminded me that, that sometimes he would use dangerous chemicals that may even be fatal if, if used in abundance. But he would mix just the right portions. And he might make a cough syrup or he might make some kind of concoction for somebody that would help them in their healing. And I think about that's kind of how the way God works in our lives sometimes. I mean, he takes all of our problems, all of our situations, those things which look so terrible... And he mixes them all together in the, in the crucible of his love. And he produces something very wonderful, something very beautiful. I want to call it medicine for our soul. I mean, God will bring good out of bad. If you have your Bible and would turn with me to Romans chapter 8, um, I'm going to kind of focus in on Romans 8 and then... Um, Towards the end, we'll tune into Revelation 21. But um, Romans 8, 28 and following, it says this. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. So that he would be the firstborn among the brethren, among many brethren, excuse me. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And those, these whom he justified, he also glorified. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. I ask, Father, that in this, in this moment, in this time, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. Father, that your Holy Spirit would remove the distractions. Father, that we would seek very clearly what it is that you have for us today. God, your word is transformational. It brings about change in our lives. And Father, we're thankful that you are a good, good Father. We're thankful that we can count on you and that your faithfulness is, is new every day, Father. You've, you've given us so much and you're so thankful. We're so thankful for your faithfulness to us. God, it is our joy to serve you. Father, may we work with you in what you are doing in each of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this great verse, Paul, he reminds the Roman Christians about what I want to call the, the chemistry of the cross. The chemistry of the cross. This process allows God to take all of our circumstances, all of our, 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 our um, 
both the good and the bad, all of the things that are going on in our life, both the sweet and the bitter, the, and blend them all together into something wonderful. He can take all of life and turn it into a situation for our good and for his glory. And be assured, he can take your life and with all its ups and downs, blend it with his grace and with a heaping portion of his love, make something beautiful, transform it into something beautiful and a blessing to others. You know, in Romans chapter 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul has been talking with believers about the, the spiritual suffering and struggles with sin in this life. And as he seeks to, uh, the, the believer seeks to take the good news of the gospel out into the world, there's this struggle that goes on, this sin that so easily trips us up. Spiritual sufferings are a reality for every child of God. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Because as we enter into his suffering, we also share in his glory. They go together. See, God's plan is perfect and it cannot fail. And he has a purpose for every child of God. You know, in order to encourage the believers, Paul he turns them towards the purpose of God for their life. And he talks about God's purpose in eternity past. He also talks about it in the future and in future eternity when we will all be glorified because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. See, when the battle waxes hot down here, we can rest on God's purposes. We can know that his purposes are true and we push on in life knowing that our salvation has already been settled. We don't have to worry about that. We have a home in glory. In Romans 8, 28, Paul has assured us that all things work together. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purposes. I agree with Charles Spurgeon. And he used to say, I don't need anyone to tell me what honey tastes like. Because I know. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I know that the Lord is good. I don't need somebody to tell me how good the Lord is because he's been so good to me. He has blessed me so much. But you see, everything, everything in our life is not good. I mean, God does not define all things as being good. I mean, there's a huge difference between bringing good from bad and labeling everything as good. See, the reason sometimes people find this promise hard to believe is that they try to impose their own limited concept of what good is. I mean, we, think, we tend to think of good as being, you know, vibrant health or wealthy prosperity or smooth sailing or happy relationships and no doubt those blessings are good and they're part of God's plan for some folks although not for all folks see the highest good the highest good that can come to any one of us is to become 
more like Jesus. To become more like Jesus. And that's the context in which Paul is focusing here in Romans 8.28. If you go on to the very next verse, he says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. The purpose that God has in our life for all of those things that, that he's turning to good is so that we would be conformed to the image of his son. To make us more and more like Jesus. That's God's primary purpose. And if we love him, then he's using the events of our lives to fashion us into the likeness of his son. But listen, God does not cause all things. While it's true that God has the power to stop disastrous events, it's not true that he causes them. I mean, not stopping something is far different than initiating it. I mean, evil, suffering, pain are caused by the presence of sin in this world. We struggle because we are part of fallen humanity. It's our nature to sin. We have to die to self and honor Him in order to become dead to the flesh. To be free from that. I mean, certainly, Paul did not say that all things were good. I mean, he knew, as we know too, that there are many things that are not good in themselves. Things like disease. Things like pain. Things like abuse. Broken relationships. Immoral conduct. Things like persecution. Things like killing. And a multitude of other things. And Paul never said that these things were good. What he did say was that all things, whether their cause or nature can be used by God to bring about good in our lives. See, all things includes things that result from our own blunders, our own human error, or from the blunders of others, or both. All things include those things that God sends, but also those things He permits. See, the Bible makes it clear that God does send some things to us that are hard-hitting. He's trying to conform us, trying to mold and shape us into the image of His Son, Jesus. And we don't like that. But there are other things that He only permits. And God may permit things even with a broken heart. He may be broken-hearted over the fact, but He's going to permit it to happen in your life because for some reason, He needs that in your life to be able to bring some good from it. I mean, I believe that God permits things with a broken heart rather than to override our power to choose. But He also permits things that as far as we can tell, are not directly related to any choice by anyone. But it happens. And God allows it to occur. See, we need to remember that all of God's dealings with us are in love. Even when we can't begin to understand what's going on in our world, what's happening to us, 
the questions of this life one day are going to all be cleared up. Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians 13 when he says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been known fully. See, in the meantime, we are to walk by faith, clinging to the promise that we have in Romans 8.28. For we know that God causes all things to work for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. See, God can and does bring good out of even the worst situations. But that doesn't mean that it's good because they happened. Nor does it mean just as well that, after all, that they happened. Nor does it mean that, as some people are prone to say, you know, everything happens for a reason. Or for the best. See, it would, be, it would have been better if some horrible atrocities had never happened. You know that and I know that. We see people who are being killed for their faith in Christ. We know that some of those atrocities would be better if they hadn't happened. But when Paul wrote that all things work together for good to them who love God, what he meant was that even though some things are not good in and of themselves, in fact, they're horrific, what he's saying is that God is in the salvage business. He will take those broken pieces if we will yield them to Him. He will take those, our brokenness and He will make something good come from that brokenness. But we have to yield to Him and allow Him to do that. Even out of life's most terrible tragedies, He can bring us something good. See, God uses everything to achieve His purpose. I mean, God takes even weakness, even corruption, even futility to contribute to the achieving of His purpose in the world. You know, in the book of Genesis, we read about how Joseph, he, his, his life, he, he, his brothers, they, they cast him into a pit and they, 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 they sold him into slavery. They wanted to kill him, but one of the brothers said, no, let's, let's sell him into slavery. And so he was sold into slavery. And carried off to Egypt. God's hand was upon Joseph's life. That wasn't good. It was bad. But it came at such a time that Joseph was raised to the, the role of prime minister, if you will. And he was put in charge of all of the, the resources. And basically, he helped bring about salvation for Egypt at that time. He saved them from the famine through God's help, through God's wisdom. God raised Joseph up even in the bad things that happened to him. You know, he told his brothers that they came to see him to get grain. And he told them, he said, you know, I think you guys are spies. He knew who they were. He put his, his oldest brother in prison, Simeon. He put Simeon in prison and he said, he said you know, um, you go bring the rest of your brothers back, bring back Benjamin, 
And if you bring back Benjamin, then I'll let Simeon go. And they did. They brought back Simeon. But they, they told their father what had happened and about the accusation against them. And this is, what, this is what Jacob said. He said, all these things are against me. Now when his brothers returned to Egypt and after they'd gotten over their shock, he instructed them to bring their father and all their loved ones and they came to live a comfortable life there in Egypt. And it was after Jacob's death that the brothers feared that Joseph would retaliate from the terrible things that they had done to him earlier. But Joseph put their minds to rest when he said this in Genesis 50, verse 20. He said, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. He saw God's purpose in the evil that his brothers did to him. He saw God's purpose. I believe that it's that way in our life. That God's purpose is for good for every believer. See, God causes the end result of everything that happens in our life, in the life of a believer, to be not only for his glory, but also for our good. He loves us so very much. See, God really does bring good out of bad. See, the cross, the cross is the ultimate picture of God bringing good out of bad. I mean, nothing in history is more tragic than the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. But nothing in history has resulted in more good than the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know, there was a country boy years ago. He wanted to join a church and he, he went to talk to the deacons. They wanted to talk to him about it. And they asked him, they said, how did you get saved? And he said, he said God did his part and I did my part. And they thought, well, maybe he's got a little problem with his doctrine. We need to talk to him a little more. And they said, well, what exactly was, was God's part and what exactly was your part? And he said, God's part was he did all the saving. And my part was I did all the sinning. He said, I done run from him as fast as my sinful heart and rebellious legs would carry me. And he done took out after me till he run me down. But folks... That's how every one of us got saved. He did his part. He chased us down because he loves us that much. He wanted good to come from that. You see, but God always saves the best for last. Over in Revelation 21, I want to read a few verses there. It says, John writes, he says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Hallelujah! He's going to make all things new. See, a heavenly home awaits every believer in Jesus Christ. And we need, to, we need to know that our home will be prepared for us when we get there. I mean, Jesus told his disciples in John 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you so that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas said, Lord, if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, he said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He is going and he is preparing a place for each of us. He's there working on it. See, our heavenly home will also include relationships. Do you realize anything you can see with your eyes is temporary? This old tent that you're looking at in these glad rags is temporary. But the only thing we can take to heaven with us is our relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with His Son Christ, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, and our relationship with each other. Folks, that brings me great comfort. To know... (laughs) That the relationships we enjoy here, we will enjoy in heaven. It gives me great comfort to know if something happens to me as I'm out on a mission trip and you don't see me anymore, we will meet again someday. What a blessing. Because this life is not all that there is. See, we're going to enjoy our relationship with God without any barrier of sin. We're going to enjoy that relationship and nothing will separate us from that. See, our heavenly home will also, it's going to exclude tears because it says God himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. But it also says that our heavenly home is going to be brand new. The word is repeated In these verses several times, the word new. See, time and consequences will be no more. Sin and consequences will be no more. The first things will have passed away because God always saves the best for last. See, the truth of this great promise is this. One day, when all of our plans, our hopes and dreams are gone... We're going to be like him. We will be like him. 
So I, I want to encourage you to bring all of your circumstances to him. Bring all of your circumstances, your situations, your relationships, bring those to God this morning. Trust his wisdom in your life. Let me think about this for just a minute. What's going on in your life today? What circumstances, what situations, what things are happening in your life today that demonstrates God is working in your life according to his promise? It may be a tough situation. It may be a situation that you feel may be hopeless. It may be a situation that has you at the end of your rope. But you know, God wants to bring good out of that situation. <laughs> Who could ask for a better promise? And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I mean, it's far better that all things should work out for my good than all things should be like I want them. Because all things might work for my pleasure and still may, not, may work out for my ruin. But even if things don't please me, I can trust and know that through God they will always benefit me. Amen. They will be for my good. <laughs> and this is the best promise that anyone could ever have. That we have a God who loves us. That he cares for us. And that he's working out all of these trials. All of these tribulations. All the junk that we're going through here. He's working it out for our good. So that we will be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. I said, God, do it. Have your way. Do what you want to do. Take me, mold me, use me. Sand me down. Pair me back. Cut me off. Make it what I need to be so that I will be like your son, Jesus. That we can trust. That is the faithfulness of God. That comes from him himself. Let's pray together. Loving Father, we know that you are a great and mighty God. And Father, many times as we struggle here below waiting for that day, you've given us the promises in your word to rest upon. But Father, we need a little help on this side of the Jordan. We need some help here. And Father, I pray that as we submit to you, as we give you the broken pieces of our lives, that you would bring about good. Father, that you would be working out things for our benefit. God, that we would not hang on to uh, the shards. And, and, and Father, that we would not just cry about how broken we are, but Father, that we would offer those to you, knowing that you want to bring about good in our lives. And Father, in that, you are building us into, into a, a living temple, Father, with living stones, 
God, that you will use that to mold and to shape us into the image of your Son. Father, may we be people that work with you in that. May we, may we see what you are doing. We may not understand it all, but God, may we trust your heart when we cannot tr- see your hand. Father, we know that you are, you are a mighty God who loves us so much and that we are more than conquerors. Father, you've given us the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. And I pray that right now, everyone who can hear my voice, Father, that your spirit would confirm in their spirit, Father, that these words are faithful and true. God, that you can be trusted with all of the pieces of our lives. And God, that you would make it into something beautiful. God, I pray that you would not allow us to continue to struggle alone. But God, that we would run to the cross. Father, that we would run to Jesus. And we would offer him our brokenness. And say, God, make us whole. Make us complete. Make us one. Father, you know the plans that you have for us. Not for calamity, but Father, for blessing. Thank you so much for the way you love us. Guide us in this time of response. God, that you would give us the courage. That you would give us, Father, the joy to know you and to give it to you. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for how your mercy is new each day. Guide us and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.